Welcome, folks, to episode 41 of Dork Tunes. And as you know, this is our usual kind of chat with someone. And this week we have a wonderful guest um, who I shall get to introduce themselves. Hey, uh, this is Chris Madigan. I uh, close music for Cuphead. And I'm happy to be here today. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, um, Chris, you mentioned congratulations on Cuphead, by the way. It released what last week? Uh, yeah, uh, nine days ago now. And it's been in development for quite a long time. Yeah, I was brought on uh, a little over four years ago. Nice. Um, so I think I think it's been in development for around five years, a, a little more. I mean, it's just, I think depending on who you ask, you'll get a different uh, a different start time. But yeah, do you know? I didn't yeah. actually realize it was that long. I thought it was like two, three years. No, no, it's been a long process, and it's changed. I mean, if you look at the. Uh, you watch, you know, you go back and watch some really early trailers from like 2014. Mm-hmm. You'll see how different the game looks and how different it sounds, and um, and how how far it's come. I think a lot of that had like you know, it was looking, it was originally going to be a lot smaller of a project. Yeah, and yeah. then and then uh, Microsoft uh, picked it up, which was amazing, and so we kind of. Chad and Jared, who are the, the two brains behind Studio MDHR, mm. they were basically, they basically just were like, well, we're going to go all in on this. And so uh, they greatly expanded the team. And uh, It's a beautiful game. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm finally, I haven't quite beat it yet. Uh-huh. I'm uh, just at the end of the third world. And it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm stunned because I've seen a lot of the stuff for the first time. So yeah. Oh, that's good. It's quite, it's, they've done a lot of, some of the, yeah, some of the art is just unbelievable. All yeah. of it's unbelievable. Uh, you see it, and it's just like, wow. Yeah, and am I right in thinking that it's all hand-drawn? Uh, everything is hand-drawn. All the backgrounds are uh, watercolor paintings, hand-done. The only thing that was done digitally was uh, the filling in of, like, the coloring of the characters. Yeah, yeah. But that was, they had done tests, too, and they, that was one of the things where you couldn't really tell the difference. Yeah. So that, that they saved a bit of time, but everything else is uh, done by hand, and all of the inking, uh, the inking around everything, mm. is all done by hand, and that's what gives it. Uh, there's a way to like multiple you you ink something multiple times, yeah, and and then that's what gives it that kind of like shaky quality mm. that old cartoons have. So they you know they did all of the research and uh, really pretty well exactly the same way that it would have been done. I just can't imagine time. having to hand draw. All of that, it just blows my mind to think about how long that must have taken. Well, I mean, that, yeah, that was like, a, a, you know, a lot of the four years was just spent yeah, on the art, in a way. Yeah. It must, so. it, and it must be nice to um, have it kind of out in the wild now. And it's getting such fantastic reviews. Yeah, we're, uh, you know, we were, uh, you know, you, you always hope for like yeah. a very good response and, and good reviews. And I think we were, we were, we were expecting that it was going to be good yeah but it's still you know it's been it's been uh sort of beyond what we had thought it's kind of a niche game in a way right yeah totally so, uh, totally. so the reviews and the response that everyone has had to the whole project it has sort of been beyond yeah. uh, what we were expecting which is awesome it's kind of where we hoped it would be but i don't think we expected that it would ever quite get there so yeah. um and yeah like the reviews have all been Extremely oh. positive, and the feedback from the fans is has been awesome. Yeah, I I do hear that it um from friends who've played it or 
uh, and beat it actually um that it's really hard it is hard but it's fair. uh it's uh, you know tough but fair i know that's kind of like the cliche that has sort of been going around about the game but uh even for me like i i grew up playing uh i, I kind of stopped playing video games in my 20s when i went to university because i was like yeah. no time i wanted to pass my classes so I, i'm more of a casual gamer now but i grew up Playing. I didn't really grow up playing these kind of games like Chad mm. and Jared did, but I was more of an you know, RPG kind of guy. Mm. But uh, so like this is not really my wheelhouse. But I think it's just a lot of people haven't. It's maybe a lot of people haven't really ever played games like this before. So yeah. it, it's the learning curve is maybe a little bit. But yeah. it's totally. Uh, it's funny because it, you go back and you play the old games that you used to, and like for example, me, I played uh, the Lost Levels of Mario. I, I, oh, yeah, yeah. When I originally got that when I was a, a kid, I beat it within two days. And going back now, and I'm like, nah, <laughs> how did I ever yeah. do that? I mean, I think, you know, it would be nice if uh, this game maybe sort of re, you know, people who maybe never check out those old games, or, you know, yeah. like, it'd be nice if it maybe, like, there's, like, a bit of a surgeon there, like, oh, there's these games fun. But, like, you know, like, I I find the game challenging, but I don't think that it is. It is it's hard, but it's not so hard. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, I don't know. And it is also, I read a few, uh, a couple of reviews where people were saying um, it's rarely, like, raging. Like, you know, some games are hard and you feel like the game is cheap in a way. Yeah. Whereas this game pretty well never feels like that. If you, if, you know, if you die, it's like, it's your fault and you sort of learn from that. Yeah. And so, like, I've, I've had <coughs> bosses that have been so challenging, but it's, it's rarely been... Uh, angry so, in the way that other games would be. In a way, it's almost like the Xbox version of Bloodborne or Dark Souls. Kind of, yeah. I mean, that's kind of been uh, a lot of people have made that comparison in a way too. But uh, uh, I haven't played. I, I have Dark Souls on Steam. I have yet to play it. Uh, again, my I, I limited my limited free time. But. Yeah, Dark Souls. I kind of enjoy, I, I enjoyed. I've played all three, but um, for me, uh, the one that I absolutely love is Bloodborne. It's okay, just, I, I mean, I've heard it's great, yeah. Yeah, it's without question. I was talking to some friends because a friend just picked it up over the weekend and for the first time, so we've been talking about that. But um, I'm jealous of him playing it for the first time because it's so, so good. But it is definitely, yeah. without quite, I see it quite a lot, people saying that it's the game of the generation. Like you know? Bloodborne? Or? Yeah, Bloodborne. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I, I should, I'll have to check that out, but... I have a I have a long list of things I want. Like now I'm kind of getting back into it, right? Like I'm a bit more. You've got. A bit I more want to check out these games, and I want to go check out. I've been I've been checking out like slowly the games that uh, Chad and Jared sort of based Cuphead on too. Yeah, yeah. And you know, just to sort of get get a feel yeah. for those things. But, and it gets a bit silly when you've got like I tend to add list things onto my PlayStation list, you know, on the store, and I just look at it occasionally. And go, God. <laughs> Oh yeah, I have like sixty things on my Steam store wish list, and I'm like, I'm never gonna play any of these. Yeah, <laughs> but but I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to experience it. But yeah, the digital pile of shame grows ever larger. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's so many. It seems like really in the past ten years, you know, with, with the whole indie game explosion, like mm. you know, so many quality games that are getting made, yeah. and yeah. you you know, you want to play them all, but yeah, I read a really good article actually a couple months ago, and it might have been in the Guardian or something. And they were, it was kind of just, it was talking about maybe more like 
general pop culture and like the fear of missing out on things and the mm. way that people are trying to like they try to do so much mm. and like they want to see you know you see all like the classic films read all the classic books and then play all these games and listen to all this music and like you as a, you have to at some point let go of that idea because there's like if you do the math there's literally not enough time to do all of that in your lifetime and you're you're better off picking a couple really good things and really maybe getting into those and not spreading yourself so thin yeah so it's like, you know, that's kind of how I feel about video games. Like, I've actually played, uh, I picked up The Witness last December. Mm. And, and you know, that is a game that I've spent many hours on. I've really enjoyed it. And I, I haven't felt that it's been, uh, you know, yeah. wasted time or anything. Like, no. So, like, for me, that was a quality experience. And that's, I think, you know, like, that's kind of what I want to look for. I try to avoid reading too many, like, pulpy yeah, novels and, yeah. and things which are just, like, filler, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of back to Cuphead, just how did you get involved with the project? So, uh, Chad and Jared, who are the, the developers' brothers, yeah. um, I've been best friends with them for probably over 25 years now, I think, if I do okay. math right. I met Chad in grade five in Saskatchewan, and uh, we all grew up, I lived about two blocks from them, and so I've known them for a long time, and, you know, grew up uh, watching them play a lot of the classic games, They're, I didn't, uh, they, they played a lot, Jared, Chad and Jared played a lot of games, and Jared's really into <laughs> retro games, uh-huh. and Chad really likes, uh, they both like fighting games a lot, mm. I, I never got much, they played a lot of Street Fighter, I never really got into that one too much, yeah. but, uh, Jared and I played a lot of Virtual Fighter, Virtual uh-huh. Fighter Two, mm. on the on the Sega Saturn. That yes. was uh, God, that I was one so. of my that was one of my go to games for them. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah, like they, I think I'm under the impression that I was one of the only, uh, you know, working musicians that they knew when they started started working on the game. Okay. And and they had uh, and so they approached me and said, "Do you want to?" Chad Chad had a very distinct vision of what he wanted mm. musically in the game. He wanted. 30s big band style, you know, Callaway, Benny uh, Goodman, Dean Grupa kind of vibe, like, you know, really fast and exciting. Yeah. And, and so it's funny, I was going to ask you about that because, um, about whose kind of decision was that part? Was that yours? Was it theirs? Was it joint one about the kind of the style of music that you used? Uh, I think, I, I think it was mostly Chad. Mm. And also when he, uh, you know, when they asked me to do it, he had already started he had been listening to a lot of stuff from that era and he, mm. you know, sent me some tunes. He's like, you know, I love the vibe of this tune. I love the vibe of this tune. So this is kind of the, the approach that I want the soundtrack to go. Yeah. And, and this was, this was really outside of my, uh, area of expertise in a way. Like yeah. I'm more of a, a classical percussionist. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I played jazz drums for a long time. They knew that's that's the style that they wanted to go, mm. and so I, I initially was kind of hesitant about even taking the project on because like it was really my I love that music and I, I play jazz, but I've never thought about composing. Yeah, uh, and big band music. At funny, all. but it was just yeah. Sorry, sorry. sorry you know, it's just funny you should say that because I was thinking, you know, obviously you know the the, the brothers really well because you've known them pretty much you know since you were really little. Um, yeah. Would you did you think at any point how it might become strained or awkward if the, if you didn't kind of see eye to eye on something about the music or? Uh, I mean, I guess that was always maybe like uh, that could have happened. Mm. 
but I, I don't think that was, I was ever too concerned about it. Yeah. And, I, you know, also like anything that I, for a long time, a lot of the early process for me was doing the research and I was, did a lot of listening and I did a lot of studying and I found a good teacher um, to sort of bounce ideas off of and show charts to. Um, but, you know, a lot of a lot of the early stuff I was just doing uh, MIDI mock-ups in Sibelius yeah. and, and sort of sending the chat away and like, what do you think of this, what do you think of that? Mm. And we had we have a good enough working relationship that he can say, like, you know, this this is not the direction we want at all. Yeah. Like, you know, like, don't do anything that sounds like this. Or uh, so there was there was fairly any any yeah. sort of friction. I think the communication was always open. Awesome. There were there was some de definitely some like you know another deadlines that uh, yeah. were a little frustrating. Are they still? Are you? Do you still live near one another? Uh, so I'm well, I'm in Ontario. Yeah. And then uh, Jared lives in Saskatchewan, so that's about a it's a three hour flight. So I don't see him too often. But Chad lives in the. This is about an hour away from me. Well, I'm actually going over there in a few hours for a Canadian Thanksgiving dinner, which will be nice. Awesome. But, but the team is kind of all spread out. Uh, Ryan, who also is on the team, he lives, we actually live you know, a few minutes from each other in Toronto, but then a lot of the team is in. There's a few people in California. The entire team did not really meet each other until last weekend. We had a release party uh, that was put on for us in L.A. Oh, yes. And how did that go? It was great. It was awesome. Did you have a really was, sore head? Uh, it's not, yeah, I was more, I didn't drink too much, actually, but uh, I was very tired. I was up for about 24 hours that day, so, so yeah, I, I think imagine. that's that's where I started getting sick, too. Yeah. But but it was really nice, you know, meeting <coughs> all of these, like, the team had never been all in the same room before. Mm. And so, I think every, basically, anyways, everyone, almost everyone was there, so, so that was really cool. Mm. And, and the fan, you know, it was at, it was at this like uh, famous comic shop in LA. Uh -huh. So it was kind of it was a good, cool vibe, and you know, the people who showed up, uh, you know, had been waiting I think for hours to get in. Or there was a line of folks outside, you know. So <laughs> the people who were there really wanted to be there. It was, uh, it was just awesome. really nice. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, my <laughs> brother actually, he lives in LA. All right. Yeah. Um, he's a director of photography and a cameraman. So he's just finished. He did one episode, last week's episode of Star Trek. He, he worked on that. Oh, okay, great. And he just finished uh, American Gods before oh, that. Oh, then Ogaden one? Yeah. Yeah, that's, but I haven't, uh, haven't seen that, but I heard it's supposed to be excellent. It's really bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> really bizarre. I sat down and watched the first episode, and it was like, oh, okay then. <laughs> I, I'm waiting to read. The, I, I've read Sandman, and I've read Coraline. Uh, Mm -hmm. And American Gods has been on my list for so long, but it's just I haven't gotten around to reading it yet. But I kind of want to read it first. Before, yeah, uh, yeah, totally. I understand. It's, Sandman is, is awesome. Neil is just such a talent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I, I like what he does. Um, I've, I've seen it a few times where he's traveling somewhere um, and he's going like through, obviously, an airport. He surreptitiously signs the books in the bookstores. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I follow him on Twitter, and he seems like he's quite a he's a funny guy. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's just reminded me in a weird way um, about something else with Cuphead is the vinyl. I've seen the vinyl. Oh, yeah, yeah. My, that is pretty. Yeah, that was designed by uh, a guy in I think in California, Django Snow. Mm. He did a beautiful job. 
and uh, the company I am Bit put it out, and I got to meet John from I am Bit also at the party last weekend. With All Frank. right, cool. And uh, and so I haven't. My copies of the vinyl are on their way. I don't actually have mine yet, but I saw I saw it in person for the first time. It's uh, really, really in, nice. in LA, and it, it looks. I was so impressed. It looks great up close. And, uh, <coughs> it's funny and how. It's, so it's it's just funny how vinyl has really kind of made a resurgence, and particularly with uh, game soundtracks, you see it more. Yeah. Than, I mean, you've got I Am Eight, but data discs, you know, and loads mm-hmm. of other ones. Like I've got um, the Mario um, Sonic, sorry Mario, um, Sonic Mania. That's on its way for me for this month. Oh, that's good. Like coloured vinyl, and it's gorgeous. I love colour. Yeah. I have to admit, I love coloured vinyl. Yeah, they're they they make some really nice uh, nice looking packages. So. Yeah. And then um, I've got, on, I've just remembered, I've got another one that's coming, I think, this month. Um, so Let Us Melt by Jessica Curry. Oh, I don't know. Uh, from IMA Um No, it's it's not from IMA but at all. I can't remember who it's from, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a UK one. But oh, okay. It's gorgeous. I've seen pictures yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. I don't know whether you, have you heard the soundtrack? I haven't, no. Yeah, it's, if, if you've heard everything, gone, everybody's gone to the rapture, it's similar but not. Okay. Um, it's typical Jessica. It's absolutely wonderful, you know. That um, that's another game that's on my Steam wish list. But, uh, the <laughs> Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Yeah. Uh, y- y- that is, I would say, put that at the top. Um, okay. It's, it's the only game I've ever played. I mean, I get you know you get parts in games where you, you know you, you might get a bit tearful or whatever. It's the only <clears> this, but Everybody's Gone to the Rapture is the only game that I've ever sat finished on my second go and I sat oh, wow. at the end and I sobbed for about 20 minutes like proper I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. guttural sobbing it was so <laughs> good I, it's, it's, it's something that you really do need to experience because it's phenomenal and like the mm. way that it's put together it's put together in kind of you know there's bits at the beginning that should be at the end and they, you know it's all jumbled the story is kind of all jumbled around or the people mm. that you meet and the kind of story that they're telling. You, I went away, and I know lots of other people went away afterwards and kind of thinking about things that were said. Even now, when I think about something that I, one of the characters said at the very beginning, it's just, it blows me away. Um, it's just phenomenal. And, you know, the soundtrack it's, is even, you know, it's perfection. You know, okay. It really is. Um, Jess, she sent it to me uh, a couple of weeks before it came out, and <clears throat> I was listening to it, and there was a track that made me cry. Wow! And when you get to that point where that track, that piece is playing in the, in the game, yeah, it's it's pretty emotional, to say the least. It's and a wonderful this is, story. This is the thing, or like what we were talking about, right? Like you know, the all these, you know, that's like that. Was, that's more or less an indie game, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like the best ideas right now are coming from people Yeah. I mean it's and, weird and the market for um composers too. Like now you know, the video game music world is, is no longer you know, secondary to other, like, you know, no. films or anything else. Like it's, it's no, some absolutely. incredible, incredible music that's being written. Yeah. And I mean uh I went to EGX, um, Eurogamer, uh down in Birmingham, um, two weeks ago. Yeah. Two three weeks ago, and 
everywhere. I go every other year, uh, and every time I go, we spend most of the time in the indie section. You know, um, chatting to the devs, playing, you know, the indie games because the quality of them now is just phenomenal. I mean, you look at like someone like Mike Bithell. You know, he mm-hmm. brought out Thomas Was Alone, which was basically like you know, squares and rectangles, and yeah. he had his friend David um, do the music for him. And okay. they they basically met by going to like an indie night, um, indie dev night that was held wherever the, in wherever, and that's how the, kind of that mm-hmm. started. And now David's gone on and he's done volume for him, and you know, gosh knows what's next. Yeah, you have to wonder how many like how many ideas people have had since the dawn of computer games, where it's like this would be an incredible game, but there's no way I can make it. Yeah, and you know now you know how many things didn't get made that are you know now people can make but mm. like these are going to be you know the most interesting ideas mm. are going to come from these small companies yeah i mean you look at um the chinese room they've just released um so let us melt um on google vr okay you know so that's quite i think that's really interesting like the stuff that come that's coming out now through vr um is phenomenal and like i mean you've got like for example on um playstation vr you've got a game have you heard thumper I've, I've heard of it. I think that's on my list, too, because the soundtrack is supposed to be really Oh, good. the soundtrack is absolutely incredible. It's just yeah. crazy. And when you combine it with, it's really quite intense when you've got, you know, you're playing in VR and you've got the headphones on and it's just, <laughs> it's full on. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a tiny little bit like Rock Band, but not. Okay. But it's very, very clever and brilliant to play with the headphones on. We're kind of in a, in a bit of a, uh, you know, a kind of spoiled in a way. It's like a renaissance of... Yeah, uh, and like I've seen gaming. people saying this week how just there's so many games coming out, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, like you had Stardew Valley that came out the other day for the Switch. Yeah. That other game, Golf Story, that came out of absolutely nowhere, that's getting rave reviews and everything. I haven't played. heard of that one, but yeah. Yeah, that literally dropped, you know, they announced it a week before they were... Uh, not even a week, I think it was five days before they were um, releasing it. Wow. And it's crazy good, apparently. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, it's just, it's a real, I think at the moment, it's kind of like, a, almost like a renaissance. So on the back on topic then, um, I know I've got my, you know, I've got my favourites and I think everybody that listens to the show knows what they are. But have you got any particular um, favourite kind of games or game music that you sit and you think, God damn it, that's amazing, why didn't I do that? Or that's just amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, Waymatsu stuff is obviously... Yeah. I think I think Final Fantasy VI and Seven are sort of, it's, like, everything he's done is really good, but I think those are kind of like the peak in a way. Mm. Those are the ones that had, that both of those games had really strong um, thematic elements to them. Yeah. Which I think, I think Eight was a bit more experimental in that sense, they mm. didn't really have themes in that manner, and I, I don't know if it was, I don't know, subjectively speaking, I don't know if it was as cohesive of a soundtrack. Mm. That's kind of what, you know, I didn't listen to a ton of game game music for research or yeah. stuff that I listened to a lot of big band stuff, but those were a couple that I, I, I did listen to and I went back to it, because of the way that he sort of, you know, Puts he, he was able to, and yeah, everyone, every character had their own light motifs and themes, and he also, yeah. like, kept, he, he sort of weaved the whole, both of those games, so that he really was able to weave things together. Um, to make more of a cohesive statement. That's something I found very inspiring. But I think there's, uh, I'd have to, 
I have a hard time like remembering things on the fly when I need to. Uh, <laughs> but there's uh, there's a lot of I remember really liking the, the Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and in fact that was yes. excellent. Uh, the Mitsuda stuff, Xenogears is awesome, uh-huh. and Chrono Trigger obviously. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. you heard the Shadow of the Colossus? Yeah. I have not. It's a by a guy called Ko Otani, and it's phenomenal stuff. It's one of my favorites. Okay. That question is beautiful, absolutely beautiful and big, and you know, but it is yeah. wonderful. I think it's it is it does remind me quite a bit of um, kind of Final Fantasy, to be honest. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, with just thinking about that, because looking at the kind of um, the amount of music that was in Shadow of Colossus um, that was created for it, how how much. You know, because composers always speak of all oh, well, those, you know, 45 minutes of music in the game. You know, how much is in yeah. Cuphead? Because it seems like the soundtrack, from what I've seen, is a hefty one. So there must be that quite a lot of music in it. Close to three hours. It's almost three hours. Wow. Yeah. And how long? And none of it, it's not, um, none of it is, like, I mean, like, there's song forms, so there's some repetition within song forms, but none of it is really, like, loop based music. They're complete songs in and in of themselves. Hmm. So there is, there's really a hell of a lot there. When I, I think when I added it up finally at the end, I was kind of like, wow, this is a lot. <laughs> You're like, oops. And um, did you record in um, Canada or did you record elsewhere? No, we recorded everything in, in Toronto at uh, Canterbury Music Studios. Uh-huh. The, the engineer that we had is phenomenal. His name is Jeremy Darby from, from Canterbury, I believe, in England. All right. And so he's, a, he's awesome. He's also worked with like everybody he's worked with Lou Reed worked with Prince you know the guy his resume is like unbelievable and he's the, just the, the nicest guy and he uh, he really got involved in the project and, and um, he was really down with uh, he did a lot of you know like he has a great collection of vintage mics so we used a lot of those awesome and spent you know he spent a long time refining the mixes getting just the right sound yeah and, I mean uh, with Cooper Sorry, Sorry, with Cuphead being in development for such a long time, how long, how much of that time was you, if you know what I mean? So how long did, how much did you spend on doing Cuphead? Uh, I mean, I started, I started writing just over four years ago, mm-hmm. and um, it was a lot, like I'm very fortunate that I have, uh, you know, I'm essentially a freelancer here in Toronto, so I have, I have a decent amount of free time, so basically I would spend for, you know, the better part of two and a half years. Yeah. Um, I would spend three, four or five hours a day studying, you know, listening, doing some research and writing mm. uh, for the bulk of that time. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, it was, a, it was, if I added up all the hours, it would be a phenomenal amount. amount. Yeah. I was, you know, I was, I'm very lucky that I had the, uh, the, the free time basically to just be able to do that yeah. and sort of fit it into my schedule. And so, with Cuphead now done, dusted, and you know, out there, um, yeah. what's, what's kind of next? Well, for me personally, I'm going back to uh, I have a hectic freelance, uh, mostly orchestral stuff uh, yeah. schedule coming up. I've had this week off, which I have spent uh, half in bed because I've been sick, so it hasn't, hasn't been the most satisfying, satisfying week off, but. Uh, Next week, I basically go back. I uh, have some, some gigs next weekend, huh. and uh, I'm, I'm booked solid basically till uh, 
the beginning of January, I think. And then, and that's and always a good place to be. Things will come out of the New Year, but sorry, that's always a good place to be. Yeah, no, it's it's nice. I have no uh, no no uh, no other writing commitments or plans at the moment. There yeah. might be a, an interesting project with a really good choreographer who wants to do a, who wants to do something, but we haven't talked too much about that. Yeah. Do you think that you would do another game? I think so. I think I you know I learn a lot doing this. A yeah. lot of a lot of what you know that's two and a half two and a half years or whatever of writing was was a lot of uh sort of banging my head against the wall in, in the process of learning <laughs> learning how to do you know like i would be a lot more efficient at it i think now it still yeah. wouldn't necessarily be easy but it would be less daunting to take something to take something else on mm. i would do it would still have to be the right project like i don't think i would want to become a full-time freelance composer like for tv or anything that's yeah. uh, you know if if they wanted to do a different game uh, like a studio, like, you know, I would love to work with Chad and Jared and the whole studio again. Yeah, I, I will never. I'm not going to go on the record saying they they're doing a Cuphead two or anything because that's as far as I know not necessarily it works. Yeah, but you know, if they did a sequel or anything like that, and if they asked me to do it, I would love to write for that. Awesome. I think it'd be really interesting to write for like an RPG or something, like something that had a bit more freedom. Yeah. There's the thing about the thing about Cuphead was there wasn't really like there was freedom, but it was still uh, within a very small box. Of, mm. This is what it sounds like. So I think I think doing something that was a bit more of an open kind of project without a really predefined sound, I think that would be fun. It would have to be for the rights. Yeah, I'd have to you know it wouldn't just be like work for hire. Like I think no. I'd have to really want to, to be a part of the project. Yeah, because I think it'd have, it'd have to be the right project. Basically. Mm. Yeah, because I think if you if if the heart's not in it, then you know. Yeah, and I don't, you know, I'm I I, I do enough. I'm busy enough as it is. So if I if I'm going to take more time to do writing, then it would have to be, you know, worthwhile for me on a uh, uh, creative level, I guess, and a personal level. Hmm. Awesome. Not not so much. It's not you know not thinking of it as a work like a job or anything, but like it would have to be. Like I, you know, Cuphead was never about. You know, it was never like this this gig that I got hired to do. You know, yeah. It's like, oh, this is a money gig or whatever. It was mm. always, you know. It was kind of was, like. It was working It was working with friends. Exactly. And I did, didn't want to, you know, I was asked by two of my good friends to do it, and I didn't want to just, you know, I wanted to do a good job for them. Yeah. Maybe more than anything. I didn't want to disappoint them. And so then when it got, when it went from being a small project and it kind of, you know, exploded after exploded, the. Exploded, yeah. E three, you know, two years ago at E three is when it got mm. all all the hype and stuff. Then it was like, okay, I'm, you know, really don't want to fuck this up. <laughs> you know, like, but if it was if it was a small project and it wasn't, if I did a bad job, then I'd be like, okay, you know, huh. maybe no no one's gonna hear it. But it kind of it it reached a point where it's like, okay, you know, this really needs to be done as good as possible. Yeah, yeah. So. And that, folks, is the end of episode 41 um, with our chat with the lovely Chris Madigan um, of Cuphead fame. Uh, we can't wait to hear what Chris comes out with next. And just to let you know, this is our last show of 2017. Uh, we will be back in 2018 in January, mid-January. Um, <clears throat> lots of exciting things are coming up, uh, which we will let you know in the next show. Um, but we just want to say thank you both to Chris and to you, um, because you all make this show, um, what it is. So, see you next year.